It's the show that makes us talk. So why are there gates around a cemetery? Why? Because people are dying to get in. <laughs> what about our life? With Person Will, Season 2. Hello, how are you? Welcome to another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Hi! You know, we've been taking a little bit of a too much of a break. We're getting used <laughs> to being off. Yeah. That's what's crazy about this whole thing. But mm-hmm. we're doing well. Yes. How are you guys handling all this madness <laughs> going on? Are you recouping? I would hope so. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Mm-hmm. Yep, we are. This week, we got a great guest on our show. He is an industry writer. He writes for a lot of different soap operas, and he is a writer for a drama series, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh-huh. But you know, we're going to do something a little bit different this time. We actually have some special guests with us today here what? in the studio. Mm-hmm. And you know what, you guys? Just a disclaimer, it's all social distancing. You know, uh, it really is. Yeah. We're, we're protecting ourselves and they're protecting themselves as we're here. So no worries on that, of course. Yes. But we want to introduce to you some great friends of ours we've known for a good while. Uh, I wouldn't say, well, I wouldn't say for a long time because that makes us sound old. <laughs> but in any sense, Tony and Ginger. Yay! Yay! Thanks for having us. Really happy Absolutely. to be here, guys. Of course. Yeah. Well, we are happy to have you on our show. Cannot wait to hear it. Yes, well, you know, mm-hmm. the first guests that have been in our commentary, we've been trying to pull that off for a while. Yeah. Uh-huh. And uh, we had quite a few people that signed up to do it, but we never actually got to do it because of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, it's been hard. Mm-hmm. So we are glad to test trial it out this time. Mm-hmm. Guinea pigs, as usual. Yes, <laughs> yes, yes. Except this roller coaster ride doesn't crash. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we have been test dummies for a lot of things, haven't we? Uh-huh. Haven't we? I, I can't remember which ones, but we've been test dummies for a lot of things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's the amnesia from the concussions. We don't remember anything. No, we don't. Yeah. We don't. We don't. No so, idea. I hear they're going to start using helmets soon. So oh. It's kinda... Why even bother? <laughs> At this point, At I this don't know. At this point, it's not fair. The rest of you guys should have to go suffer what we had to suffer through, right? <laughs> yeah. Right? Right? Exactly. Absolutely. Exactly. So how long have we known you guys? Um. For... I refuse to answer on yes. the grounds that it yes. might incriminate for, myself. For a while. Definitely over a year. Yeah. Because we were present. Yeah. Yeah. When you guys. Um, That's the right. Question. We did. That's right. They, yes. Did. Yeah. Yes. You'll be around when we actually sign it official. That would and, be nice. And Tony will officiate it, of I course. Will. Officially. Yes. Have we said that too much? Probably, probably. You officially. And you know, said and the best it, yes. part about it is. <laughs> You'll be around when we sign the divorce papers. No. Yes. Never. Oh, that's so brilliant. Oh, wait. The, your the... divorce papers or ours? No. Well, oh. <laughs> you know, this pandemic has been a strain. <laughs> Lots of constipation. <laughs> <laughs> you know, well, yes. you've been foolish. Well, anyway. Yes. Well, well, you know, we did make a mistake and we... 
<laughs> and we went to the the theme parks the other day and unfortunately i was dealing with a uh, urinary tract infection and you don't go to the theme parks when you got pain in the abdomen no 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 and especially when you get on roller coasters this is willie let's get on the roller coaster no i it's it i think it's gonna hurt no you'll be fine you'll be fine you'll be fine Every was time we fine, went up, Willie? said, "Oh my gosh, my bladder's going all over the place." And it's like, "Yeah, no, thank you." Yeah, we we passed. So yeah, yes, no. <laughs> you well, do not get an opinion about someone else's bladder. I'm sorry. No, no, shit happens, and when shit happens, you just don't tell anybody about it. You just let the shit happen. <laughs> yep. Interesting perspective. But you know what's, <laughs> what a what's, great philosophy. What's interesting about it is the fact that yes, shit happens, but the catchphrase for nowadays is please wash your hands. Yes. I mean, why was you it really, before? Exactly, That's what I don't understand. Exactly. You ever sat and thought about it and you go, how many hands have you actually shaken before all this and asked yourself, <laughs> have they not been washing their hands? Or you've watched them before they walk up to you. Yeah. And, and you're sitting there going, wow, I wonder where that hand's been before it touched mine. Should I smell it or should I just go wash it? <laughs> Which one should I do first? Bathe it in acid. That's what we do. Oh, God. <laughs> bleach. Lots thing. of bleach. If we were just robots and we could take a take apart our, our body. Uh, I, I know why you, <laughs> you caught that. About. You caught that, did you? Oh, yeah, I did catch that. Maybe they're... No, You're the one with the urinary tract infection. <laughs> I don't know. Not anymore. It went away. It went away because I called somebody and I go, I really don't want to go to the doctor. What do I do? And then I called my doctor and the doctor goes, you just need to drink cranberry juice. Yes. It's like, who decided to come up with a cure of a urinary tract infection and you have to drink cranberry juice? But it works. But it works. It works. Yeah. It works. We talk about all kinds of crap on this show, don't we? <laughs> Literally. Literally, yes. Yes, you know all about our life. Yep. That's, that's why it's called What About Our Life? Well, yep. now you know about all the shit we go through and the shit we pull through our bodies. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Because we're all, we're, no, Willie's more full of shit than I am. Oh, geez. It's all about shit. Thank you for mentioning it. You're, I appreciate it. You're welcome. It. And, and it's... That television show, if you don't watch that television show, is it called Shit? You know what I'm talking about? There is a show. I've seen a lot of shows called Shit. Are you talking Shit, about but... Shit's Creek? Is that what it's called? Is oh, it called Shit? Yeah, Shit's but Creek. it's S-C-H-I-T-T. -S 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 oh, I call it S-C-H-I-T. Yeah. It doesn't matter. It still comes out the same way. <laughs> it's spelled like in the old country, yes. Uh, How'd you enjoy the show? Where do you live? I live in shit. Clean. You notice they're all talking about this. And the really great thing is toilet paper has not been mentioned. Thank you very oh, much. I know. <laughs> Can you imagine? We had a guest. But we were on a roll. <laughs> <laughs> that we were. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine, like, somebody, a guest on our show had mentioned that and said, you know, come January, if we would have made an offer to a person and said, look, I'm just going to hand you some toilet paper as a friendship gesture. You would have gotten punched. Yep. Now it's like, oh, my God, thank you. It, it's like, you know, or it's better. I don't even care April. if it's two ply. Thank you. <laughs> it's on everybody's wish list. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. My sister said the one thing. She goes, aren't you glad that I put bidets in the bathroom? Yes. <laughs> okay. I have a question about bidets, if, if this is okay. Sure. Yes. Go ahead. Go ahead. All right. So, yes, it cleans your bum. Yes. How are you going to dry your bum? 
Hmm. It's still wet. You still need the damn paper towels or toilet well, paper. I don't understand. Well, you're already in the bathroom, so you kind of just blow dry. On what? Oh, just use yeah. a blow <laughs> Just <laughs> use your mate's towel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, oh, that it, camera's on in the bathroom. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you notice? Use, uh, you, you know what? I saw you what you did with my toothbrush. Oh, yeah. don't. oh. <laughs> you can use that your, grout has never looked cleaner. Thank you. Uh, you can use your mate's towel because aren't they an ass sometimes? Well, you know, give them an ass back, right? Yeah. But anyway, since we're so totally <laughs> going off of the topic, um, because it's kind of, well, it's kind of appropriate because we are talking about one life to live. So we only have one life to live. Right. You know, mm -hmm. I wouldn't want to be a cat because I wouldn't want to have nine. <laughs> I wouldn't want to have nine lives, especially going through this thing. Now I could just hear a cat sitting there going, "Kill me now, <laughs> kill me now." Eight more times. Eight more times. Yes, eight more times. Quickly, please. <laughs> Absolutely. So, one life to live. The soap opera. Yeah. Do you ever watch? I, I, I've seen them. I. Which would which soap opera would you say would be the most infamous one? Not maybe not the ones that are on now, but the, the other first ones. one that comes to mind is Days of Our Lives. Yeah, mine would have been General Hospital. That was the only one I really cared for. I watched Guiding I watched. Light. I remember that. Okay. Days of Our Lives was my mom's story. Yeah, it was. You didn't bother General mom Hospital. when she was watching her story. Yeah, that's how it was too. Yeah, and that's how I got hooked too, is because my mom would watch uh, Guiding Light, and I'd come home from school, and she'd have it on TV, and be like, "Okay, go play." When so I sorry, Michael. Older. None of us watched One Life to Live. No, <laughs> I think we did. We, we did. did. We, yeah, we yeah. probably did. Yeah. Well, let's talk about One Life to Live a little bit. Uh, One Life to Live was a uh, soap opera from started in July fifteenth of nineteen sixty eight. ABC actually. Yes. ABC Network ran till January thirteenth, two thousand and twelve. Became a web series on Hulu and iTunes beginning on April 29th to August 19th, 2013. I guess ah. it didn't last very long. Hmm. It was created by Agnes Nixon, who also created All My Children. Do you remember that? that okay, one? yes, yes. Yes, uh -huh. yes, yep. yes. And the, the primary focus was life and family. And it was, of course, an award-winning soap opera. Mm-hmm. Yep. Interesting to know. Never really I can't even remember the intro to it, was it? Which was it the one that had that that like uh you remember the Mary J. Blige song, No More? No, drama? that's Young and no. the Restless. Oh, that's Young and the Restless. Okay. Yeah. There's always some sort of soft piano thing going on with soap operas. Yeah. Like, yeah. Well, who watched you know, I always tell my parents, why the hell are you watching soap operas? You got enough drama in your life. Okay, so you this gotta go through this. Again. Yeah. Like everybody else does. Watch wrestling. Okay. Yeah. So, so soap operas. So opera, they're not singing, right? And where's the soap? The soap was yeah. actually who uh, was the sponsor. Mm -hmm. so, wow. Yes. Yeah. So the soap came from the sponsorship of the show. But the soap operas don't have any Operas are singing. very dramatic. Have yeah, they, they didn't want to call them soap dramas, um, I guess. I don't know. Right. They were, the, the soap drama didn't quite catch on, but soap opera just clicked. But Interesting. You know how, much, how much money plastic surgeons make for their <laughs> I mean, literally, oh, I'm sorry, they can't, the uh, microphone is No, how much? <laughs> <laughs> but in any sense, so let's go into that. Let's talk about uh, life importance. To an extent. So what is important in your life? Happiness. 
family. 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 All right. All right. Friends. So here's a good one. Yes. Family and friends. Here's a good one. When you talk about that, Um, when family and friends decide to lead you into not trusting them anymore, do they still become somewhat important? I don't think family is always blood. Yeah. I think family is a, a group that you accept and they accept you. Wow. Well, what about the memories? How do you handle memories? Well, take social media. If you don't like somebody, you unfollow them or you block them or whatever. Um, you just got to kind of get them out of your life if they're going to be well, that way. How do you, does a, if you describe a person as, especially family or friends, and you describe a, a person as they've done something to you, do you consider the memories that you had with them, the good ones, do you still consider them bad people because even with those good memories? Wow. I, um, because everybody has good memories. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's why Uh you got involved with them in the first place. Whether, whether you were supposed to, or you weren't, you were going to have good memories. So you're going to have good, some kind of good recollection one way or another, but how does that change your viewpoint on them when they do something bad that you can no longer do anything with them anymore it breaks your heart yeah but it could also be that maybe maybe we need to have grief for that situation and then remember the good memories of it and then say it's time to accept it and move on from it and then yes they were in or a part of your life at that time but it's time to move on so yeah, you know, it depends on what what you what they did really because it yeah. may that good memory may turn bad. Yeah, it may you know it may but you may what, think of it and what they did give them an excuse. Hmm. Again, wow. it depends on what it is. I, yeah. I, I would I you yeah. know okay. All right, here it goes into another one. What about your uh, decision on determining what your lifestyle is? Not the normal things you do, but your life. What we like to say on the show is we like to say that you're not a cultural person. Yes. You're not mm-hmm. Hispanic. You're not white. You're not black. You're not any of that. Mm-hmm. You are a style. Yes. So if you, how you put yourself out in the world, that is your style. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you decide to go to Walmart looking like you <laughs> shop at Dillard's or you like to go to Walmart like you shop nowhere at wish uh, exactly <laughs> exactly that is your style that's who you want the world to see you as and that's who you want the world to to treat you as so at what point do you decide what your actual lifestyle is gosh that's hard i think i think it's when you finally just decide who you are is there yeah. a time yeah. limit on that no no, no there's no certainly style. not and i mean it the does, it, there's no room. one set style that you can have you may change your style as you get older i mean madonna's reinvented herself yeah. over a lot that, that's yeah true. Mm-hmm. and she has changed her style every single time that's true now at least when, it's her public style yeah when does it come to a person to change when do you think a person should change when they do something wrong or do you think that hey look i've progressed to this level now it's time to change to progress to the next level when do you think a person should change? That's kind of like growing up. So you'll you'll act like a child until it's time for you not to act like a child. And from there, you decide whether or not you're going to act like a teenager or an adult. And sometimes those years 
of acting like a teenager take you into adulthood. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And there's still some adults we know age-wise that still act like children. (laughs) So they haven't quite gotten there yet. Yeah. So do you see, think the same way for change and to change again? Basically, meaning you've already changed once. Now it's time to change again. You um, think that's a common thing for people that we should learn to change and then say at some point I need to change again instead of staying the same level. Honestly, the pandemic's done that for me. Yeah. Um, we were probably at, for a at, lot of people. Yeah. At one level when we started this, and due to you know. Um, situations and layoffs and furloughs and all sorts of stuff that you never in your life had to deal with and now are having to, you're, you're having to reinvent yourself. You're having to change what you've been doing. I mean, there, there are a lot of people who change careers, uh, change their entire lifestyle, you know, after establishing a very strong lifestyle before, mm-hmm. then all of a sudden they're like, well, I'm going to try, I'm going to go this way. Yeah. And they reinvent themselves and they become a better them. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Doing something else. All right. So why do you think it is important for a person to see their everyday life? To me, I think that's important. I think it's extremely important because I think if you don't see how you are every day, then you're not going to know what you're missing. You're not going to know what you're doing wrong and you're not going to know what you're doing right. So you can't really you're say not gonna see the opportunities. No, you're not. I and agree you're with not that. Yeah. Be willing to change if you have mm-hmm. to change. Because if you're, if you, if you accept that you need the change, perhaps you'd be more willing to change. And then it comes mm-hmm. along, the more opportunities come and then it becomes simpler. And then because there's an interest there, that change will happen a lot faster. See, I think I think for me, it's like the the importance of change is to continue to climb ladders because your goal's always got to be to climb the ladder. And I think we've talked about this before, but also choosing the ladder to climb. Yeah, choosing the ladder to climb. And, you know, change doesn't always have to be coming from a bad negative. Right, yeah. It can always be a positive thing. I mm-hmm. mean, I could... Like, for example, I could love what I do and say, I love what I do, but this is not where I want to retire. So I find myself saying, okay, I still love what I do. I would love to keep going, but I'm going to have to change myself to go to the next level so I can be where I'm closer to be in retirement. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like how I was with Disney. When I started working for Disney and when I was younger Everybody kept saying, oh, you're going to retire with Disney. You're going to retire with Disney. And I'm like, no, I already knew that at a young age. I was not going to retire at Disney. I knew that I my time with Disney was going to be limited. I knew that. Everybody else didn't believe that. But I had to force myself to say, I have to change. I, I'm comfortable. I love what I'm doing. I could see myself doing this longer. But... In the end, that's not where I want to be. It's interesting you bring that up because talking about that, if you get out of your comfort zone and you go after that opportunity, you'll be more willing to change. And if you are comfortable, then fine. You may be happy or satisfied. I would say more satisfied with what you have or where you're at. But if you go after that opportunity and you go and you're changing something, I wouldn't even say better, something unimaginable, you wouldn't even cross your mind, comes along, you're like, wow, okay, I want that. 
and then you want that. And guess what? There's something way better than that out there. And then you're happier. And then. And we kind of said that with the pandemic. And I'm glad you brought that up because I think that fate, no matter what kind of fate or faith, however you want to look at it, what kind, no matter what you believe in, I think gave everybody the opportunity to stop, look at their life and say, hey, is, is this the mirror I want to keep looking at? Wow. Or do I need to go find another image to come in and out of? And though we put it out there that, you know, though fate, how do you say it? Fate has always had a way of making us think. Mm -hmm. And it's never been in the same way yep. twice. Uh -huh. And it's never been in the way that we would like for it to make us oh, think. Yeah. It's always been in a way that caught us off guard, oh, yeah. made us feel like shit, oh, made yeah. us sit there and go, oh my God, what the hell? It has made us do all these different things. But in the end, if we really sat down and focused and understood what fate was trying to do, it kind of sat and go, okay, though all this is a distraction, this is what's going on, look in the mirror and ask yourself, you're going to get through this. You're mm -hmm. going to know in the end that everything's going to be fine. I've already told you that. Right. I've already given you that. You already feel that. Right. When you look at yourself in the mirror, is this where you want to be afterwards? Well, if you're not uncomfortable, if you're not, I guess uncomfortable is the best word. Um, you're not going to grow. You're not going to change. You're going to be too comfortable. You're going to be complacent in your life and you're not mm -hmm. going to want to change. Right. So being uncomfortable, being shaken up, shaken up a little bit um, is good. Yeah. Yeah. So it's also hard. It yeah. is hard. Yeah. Oh, it is yeah. Hard. But, you know, the one thing my grandfather always taught me is growing up, he says, you know what? Life is not easy, period. And the way he told me, he goes, you know, if life was easy, then gardening would be easy. And he goes, son. Gardening is hard yeah. and it's it it's difficult. Mm -hmm. And you know, I could sit out here, dig, 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 plant, plant, water, water, and that that damn piece of plant ain't gonna come out and give me the freaking corn that I want, and it's gonna piss me off. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, it's not about the corn that grows from the plant, it's the fact that you grew the plant. Yeah, because an action had to happen in order for yes. it to be in the ground in the first place. So, yeah. So, very interesting with that. All right, let's go in with changing steps a little bit. Uh, let's go with that. Why is change feared? There's a good one. Oh, because I think it, there's a lot of different things, but I think the main thing that stands out is, oh boy, if I change, then, oh, then this and this is going to change. And then what about this? And then what about that? But I like this, though. And I think it can spiral off somewhere, but those are those are distractions. Mm -hmm. So, and distractions come from people too, mm -hmm. yep. because I think that um, people say a lot of negative shit because they don't like to change, they don't want to change, they don't want to deal with the hardships of change. So they're going to prevent you from changing and telling you, "Oh, I'm sorry, you shouldn't be doing this," mm -hmm. or "You're doing this wrong. Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that?" I don't understand, I guess, why do why do people make change negative all the time? Why do you think we do that? Is that fear? It's fear. Fear it's, of the unknown. Yeah. Fear yeah. of the different. Uh, the alien. The fear of just... A lot of people no like... No norm. Like yeah. consistency. They do. Mm -hmm. and, routine. and routine. And, and 
that kind of a, a set standard life thought process kind of. Mm-hmm. And when you throw curves, screwballs, whatever mm-hmm. you want to call them, sometimes it's, it's tough to, to yep. think about it being a good thing. And most of the time it is a good thing. You just have to step back far enough to look at it. Yep. Wow. Yeah. Because you don't always, I mean, you, you can look at a picture and look at it really, really close up and have one color speck in the wrong spot. Have yeah. you ever looked at a mosaic and had one that had one color speck flip-flopped? Uh-huh. You, you have those, those tiles. There's one in particular yep. that mm-hmm. I think of all the time. And very honestly, it sounds silly, but there is a floor at Disney that's a tile floor that has a square around it and two of the squares are flip-flopped. They're in the wrong spots. And if all you're focusing is on those two flip-flop wow. squares, mm-hmm. you miss the whole, whole point yep. of what the actual design is of the floor. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you know, and again, there's so many emotions and feelings that come with all this. Yeah. Well, one, and yeah. they could be good and they could be bad and they can, they're going to be hard. That's yeah. Like one hard. for me is always that, oh, something looks great far away. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go to it a little bit further. And then as I'm getting closer and I'm getting closer, it's that fear. It's that being scared. Like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. But I know it's when I finally get right in front of it. My gosh, it is amazing. Yeah. You know, and yeah, yeah. Well, we always encourage change. Change is always a good thing. And especially with what's been going on for ourselves and, you know, and for other people, it's you don't want to say it's a learning lesson. Everybody knows that, but you want to say it's an opportunity. And I always look at it and say, you know, opportunities are not always easy. And if they are easy, then they're not meant to be, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, if, if you almost look at it, when you look at the ones who have become successful and inherited that success, their life is so miserable. And it's because they've never had the the ability to learn how to handle life. Yeah. Right. And learn from those learn mistakes. from those mistakes. Absolutely. So we always encourage that, and and uh, that's why we do the stay well episodes because we help people get through anxiety and yes. get through some of that. So it's yes. really, 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 really good. Well, you know, on our show we have Michael Slade on our show, and he has written many, many shows, and he's written and created a show that we're going to talk about now. It's called After Forever. Yes. It is a wonderful series that is on Amazon Prime. They've been up for several uh, Emmy Awards. It's a story about an adult gay, adult gay men, the life after life of a loved one that's passed on. Wow. Something that's unimaginable that you would never think that would happen in your life. And it happens. And you have to deal with that. And how do you deal with that? Because you never, that person never leaves you mm-hmm. and is always around. So you have to live your life based around if they're still actually there. It's a really good story. And of course, one of the main actors, Kevin Spartus, was on our show. Yes. Spiritus, that's, that's Kevin Spiritus, yes. Kevin Spiritus was on our show. Mm-hmm. Well, Michael Slade, who is our guest, wrote and created the show. Michael, of course, um, he is an award-winning 
writer, an award-winning author, a children's book author. And um, he has written for uh, many different shows like One Life to Live, Passions, Days of Our Lives. He's done a children's novel, of wow. course. So he's yeah. done a lot of great things. So he is on our show today. So we're going to go ahead and give him a call. So sit back, relax. Michael Slade is coming up. We are honored to welcome Emmy Award winner, Michael Slade. Hi. <laughs> good to hear your voices. Yes. Absolutely. Likewise. Mm. Likewise. <laughs> I'm hanging in. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, it, what's really fascinating is, you know, you would think this would be the perfect time to do things like, oh, clear off my desk or, or, clean out those closets uh-huh but it's so much easier not to <laughs> you know what and i've said the same thing because i also do writing myself and something that you are really good at and i've told myself so you know i should be taking this time to be writing because it's perfect time to write but I'm like, nope, I'm just keeping myself busy. I mean, we're working, but mm -hmm. I have a little bit more off time now Clearly. than I did before. Yes. So, uh, yeah, so it's like I can't find the motivation to do nothing. But we did move, though. That's yes. the good thing. We did motivate ourselves oh to God. move into a house. Yes. Uh-huh. So we're happy about that. <laughs> wow. In the midst of all of this? Uh-huh. Yes, absolutely. Well, we didn't really have much of it. Well, we had a choice, uh -huh. but... When uh, before the pandemic, we were in the middle of looking for something and we said, OK, we're going to find something before June. Then the pandemic happened and it kind of just slowed down and nobody wanted to do anything. So we got an offer that came in and she goes, look, if you don't if you don't take this offer now, somebody else is. Yeah, they just are ready to get somebody in that house. So take it or leave it. And I'm like, right. take it. Uh -huh. So we did. And. Uh, luckily, we were able to get all of our stuff moved. Of course, we did it ourselves, but yep. we got everything done in just a few days because there was no traffic, so uh -huh. it was beautiful. So it's like, all right, this is probably the best move we've ever had. Yeah. Well, congratulations. That 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 earns you the right to do absolutely nothing for quite a while. In my <laughs> oh, I I totally agree <laughs> to with that. Just sit back and relax. I totally agree with that, but unfortunately, work says something differently. Yeah, um, you know, which is fine yeah. because mm -hmm. our days are not our days are busy, but they're not as hectic as they are when we're normally in a normal studio because mm -hmm. that takes several hours right. of our day. But now that we're mm -hmm. doing it remote home and and so forth, we don't have to get out of the way to go over there, and we can just go in the other room. So it's it saves us. Well, that's sometimes. true. That's yeah. Yeah, so we're kind of we're kind of thrilled with that, but mm -hmm. we miss the studio. Don't get me wrong, of we course. do miss the studio, just the vibe of it. But you know, so I agree. <laughs> so we want to thank you, Juan, for being on our show. Yes, um, we. Oh, I'm thrilled you're having me. Yes, and you know it. the The project that you've got going on right now, we're going to talk about in a little bit. And I have to say, we are very impressed. Uh -huh. we, we couldn't. We couldn't stop watching it, and that's how that's how good your talent is. So we're going to get into that just in a couple minutes. But I wanted to know, what exactly do you do, and how did you get started? 
Wow. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I'm a writer. Um, I write for um, theater. I write for television. Uh-huh. I write for film. Um, I have written for uh, kids. Um, years ago, I had a, a many years ago, I had a, a children's novel that um, I saw that won a minor award. Uh-huh. Um, and I, I sort of got started. Oh God, you know, <laughs> I always loved reading as uh-huh. a kid. My, um, my, uh, my, my image of my mother. I, I went to an elementary school where it was just like around the corner, and you walked home for lunch. Yep, right. And my, uh, my image of my mother was every t- day when I would come home for lunch. She, my lunch, my sandwich would be sitting on, on, on a plate on the table, and my mother would be sitting at the kitchen table reading a book, uh, drinking a cup of coffee, and eating a piece of chocolate. And uh-huh. to me, that was what it meant to be an adult. Oh, <laughs> and okay. I longed for that. And like <laughs> the, you know, and I couldn't get to... I couldn't get to the coffee right away, but I could get to the read a book part. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, uh, so I became an avid reader, and that kind of led to, you know, just a lot of writing, you know, from an early age. Um, and, um, and then a lot of my writer imagination, I, I actually credit to my grandmother, who was sort of my personal auntie Mame. Um, oh. She had been widowed before I was born, and when uh-huh. I came along, she had a date. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, she lived in Manhattan, and you know, and we would go to the theater, and we would go to the, the, the to museums and ballet and opera and whatever. But a lot of theater, and yeah. um, and I just fell in love with that. And and she, we would sit on like a bus or sit in the park, and she'd say, "Well, uh, who do you think that is? Who do you think he's waiting for?" And we'd make a game out of trying uh-huh. to make a story nice. for that people. And uh, it's something I still do, although I don't point at them anymore because I learned in my 20s you can get into a lot of trouble. <laughs> wow. Uh, but so I, and then I, I uh, you know, then I was, so I, I entered into everything as a playwright um, and um, had work done all over the world, off-Broadway, tours, regional theaters. And Very then nice. um, was... Um, recruited to write for um as the world turns uh, i'm sorry not as the, um another world uh-huh. uh, there are so many uh, i know yes. so many but uh, um the soap opera the, the no longer on the air soap opera uh-huh. and i i kind of kicking and screaming took the job i it, i wasn't really what i wanted to be doing but they mm-hmm. they well they offered a lot of money right absolutely <laughs> yeah. you have to go with that and mm-hmm. i said it's a well, it's a two-year contract. I can do anything for two years. Yeah. And then I woke up, and it was 15 years later. Oh, wow. And, uh, um, I had gone from show to show um, and, and loved it and had a great time. But it was t- I decided it was time to um, at least take a break from that. And right. uh, went back to my playwriting. And then, um, I, do you want me to get into the have this particular series happened or you want to get to that in a moment? We'll get to that in a moment. That's the sort of next segue. Yeah, okay. We'll get, we'll and get to that in a minute. It got back to doing my own project. 
and that that was a great thing. Right. Well, so I have to ask, do you uh, share the moment uh, like your mother had with the chocolates? Are you a big chocolate fan? Um, dark chocolate, yes. Yes. <laughs> my, mother was, my mother was a milk chocolate person, but I, I'm dark chocolate, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So what the does coffee, make... not so much. It depends oh. on the day, but the chocolate, yes. Yes. No, I agree. Yeah. Coffee is not my thing either. I agree. And, yeah. you know, in, a, in Hollywood, it's everything. Every time we would go into a set, no matter how early it was, it was, they were like, here, you can have some coffee. It's like, I don't want that crap. Yeah. And, and they're like, right, you, right. you don't want it? And I go, no, and you no. probably don't want me to have it either, because if I have it, you'll be asking for it later. And they would laugh at me because they're like, you don't drink coffee? And I go, uh, I drink orange juice as my coffee. And yeah, they thought that was no. odd. I'm like, well, it's whatever works. Like, yeah, I'm good. No, I'm, no, I, I'm awake normally. Uh -huh. <laughs> Naturally. Uh-huh. Well, that's what I would tell them and say, well, if you manage to get me up this early in the morning to get dressed and to drive over here, then I'm already awake. So don't put me right. to sleep. I mean, but yeah. If, if, I needed, if I needed that coffee that badly right now, um, I really would feel bad for all those people on the road with me. Yes. <laughs> whatever exactly. studio it would be. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. So what does make a great writer, in your opinion? Wow. Um, <laughs> I think would make uh, uh, interest. interest. Interest in people. Uh-huh. Um, you know, I, I think we are, we are not that different from... Um, Good psychologists, or psychi well, uh -huh. I'll say psychologists. Yes. Because drugs are not involved. Uh -huh. um, <laughs> uh, um, In theory, uh, I guess, because, you know. Because I think that, you know, you, you have to, I mean, for me, all story starts with character. And, yes. Right. Um, and, you know, you have to be intrigued by the world and the world around you and not, you know, and, and, and open to the whole world. Uh -huh. um, yeah. uh, you know, I, I'm always fascinated when I hear a writer say, well, you know, I'm really blocked. I'm really blocked and I'm, I can't come up with an idea. And I go, well, just go sit on a freaking bus, you know, just yeah. overhear a couple of conversations on the bus. And you're, I mean, I, I've got more, I've got notes for more stories and things than I, you know, in three lifetimes could write. But, um, right. um, you know, and it's funny you say that because Willie and I used to do the same thing when we, um, you know, years and years ago, when we go to L.A., I would be like, OK, I'm looking for something because, you know, some of my stuff has been published. Some of it has not. And I have stacks and stacks of work that I'm like, oh, one day I'll go ahead and, and do something with it. Mm -hmm. And I told him, I said, let's get on the metro. Yeah, let's go from Anaheim to LA. Now, first of all, that was probably the most interesting two hours of our life because what took us, what could have taken us 30, 40 minutes minus traffic um, to get from Anaheim to LA, it took us two and a half because we they kept, their route goes everywhere and yes. stops every five seconds. So, right. You know, <laughs> so it was the most interesting thing, but at the same time, we saw so many different characters in that bus mm -hmm. and even from some that were homeless to how they're just trying to get by. And then you look at the mother that would walk on the bus with her kids yep. and 
you you look how she's caring for her kids but she's dealing with her life at the same time and then the 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 different bus drivers yeah their personality how Uh one is one has got an amazing personality and the other one is just like okay i hate my job um or because so, he yeah. just hated today because he had a fight with his wife before he left for work. And, Absolutely. You know, and normally he's the really sweet guy. You know, I mean, Absolutely. You know, I mean, you can spin, you know, you, you can just, oh, I wonder, I wonder. Yeah. So I agree with you. It, it is, we are definitely uh, people people. Uh-huh. And we love to people watch. And yes. <laughs> we love to go out into public. And we'll do that sometimes where we'll just sit at a bench and we'll just watch people go and we'll just watch the cars go by. Yep. Or sometimes we'll just sit outside and just watch nature just take its course and uh-huh. go, okay, there's, there's an interesting concept there. And we can write that. We can put that in. And then, bam, we have a story. And then sometimes we uh-huh. can make stories for ourselves. Like, for example, we have a film that I wrote, and it is getting produced. And it did get Congratulations. picked up. Congratulations. Well, thank you. It got picked up by a major outlet, which I can't say who it is. But um, okay. in a sense, it uh, the story is about is kind of about my life. And the one thing about it is, is every major star that has read it, they go, is this your life? And I go, well, parts of it is and parts of it's not. And they go, okay, explain that because there's real in it and then there's not. And I go, well, one day I just looked in the mirror and I just saw myself and my inner thoughts and my emotions. And I go, okay, concept. So I started writing all that different things of what I would like to happen, what hasn't happened, what I thought would happen, what I thought could happen in these emotions. And I created an entire story and it looks like it, it really reads like a book and a, and a novel in a sense so we definitely practice the same you know mentality that you do when it comes to pulling out that creativity because that's what's important yeah and you know and i think it's something that is so important that it be fostered in kids because yes mm-hmm. you know if if you don't I, I, I'm a firm believer. If you don't, um, if you, if you if you don't bring out a kid's imagination when he's a he or she's a kid, it's very hard for them to become an imaginative adult. Yes, that they could lose it for a while along the way. Mm-hmm. But as long as it was, if it as long as it was nurtured at some point. It's there, you know. It it may be it may be dormant, but it 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 can grow again. Yeah, and, um, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's so so important. And I, you know, I, I, I um, when I was writing a lot for kids, I was I wrote a lot of theater for kids and I and the novel. Uh, but I, I uh, used to go in to get brought into schools a lot and to talk and 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 one of the things I would I also talk to the kids about it. Um, was, you know, the other great thing about writing fiction is it can be something that is absolutely true that has happened to me that I just have to get out. Yeah. And as long as I call it fiction, nobody has to know it's the truth. You know, absolutely. It's, it's, it's a safe way to, to just get it out. Wow. And, uh, Very true. You know, you know, or to change it, you know, or to take that thing that happened and, and change it in ways that 
I wish it had, you know, I, yes. you know that wonderful, in fact, that thing like, you know, 15 minutes after you have that, that major uh, uh, interaction with someone and you think uh-huh. of all the things you wish you had said. Yes. Uh, uh-huh. It's like, oh, but if I write it, I, I can... I can play it out differently. Right, I yeah. Can, I, can, I can say that really witty thing right there and see what happens. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, that kind of brings me into this question, though. Do you think that that is the kind of style of writing that you wrote in for the soap operas? Um, I, I tried. I tried uh-huh. my best. You know, you, when you're writing a soap, you know, it's, I always, um, I kind of liken it to the Lucy and Ethel episode when they're making the chocolates with the conveyor belt. Yes. Right, right. Um, it's, it's moving and you gotta get your, you know, you gotta get your part, your script in and because there's another one coming down the chute. Um, but, you know, yes, to the, you know, I, I tried very hard to find that sort of interesting stuff, uh, you know, or to, you know, or to, to pull from to, to to pull from things that had either happened to me or, or people I knew a little bit, right, right. Um, you know, and, and morph them enough, you know, that it wasn't stealing somebody else's life, right. um, because I I believe you only do that when you ask permission first, but right. uh, uh, but um, yeah, because I think you know it's it's about making it real, right. um, and you know I think that whatever kind of writing you know particularly with dramatic but 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 you know with novels with with with, with articles for that matter you know if it's real if it's going to grip people right yes. absolutely so and could you, you tell know. me what the steps are as far as writing for a soap opera um it varies a little bit show to show um i mean over the years i was at um, I started at, at, at Another World. I went to One Life to Live. I went to Days of Our Lives. I went to Passions. I went back to Days of Our Lives. Uh-huh. And then I went back to One Life to Live for, for its reboot. So, and, and depending on who's in charge at any given moment, there are slight differences. But as a rule, there's a head writer who is um, in charge and in the old days was in charge of everything. Uh, now... Uh-huh the executive producer is in charge of everything and the writer is the writer is secondary to that but um the head writer is theoretically working out long-term story for anywhere from six to nine you know in a in a in a Uh amazing world 12 months Uh um (laughs) and then there's a writing team um that is half of the writer's are uh, called breakdown writers mm-hmm. who will work directly with the uh, head writer as and, and taking okay this much of that long story is what we're telling this week um, let's figure out you know we figure out a sort of outline or structure for um, each day of the week and then there's a team of script writers who take that document and turn it into an actual script. Wow. And wow. depending upon the, um, sometimes, sometimes those, um, the, those breakdowns, those, they can be little more than a, a, a very broad outline. Um, 
and sometimes depending on who the head writer is and how what their style is it can wow. be you know almost a paragraph by paragraph description of the entire scene and oh, wow, it's much more fun for script writers when it's or i think is when it's when there's you know when it's looser Right. And there's more room for, for more creativity. Right. right. Yeah. So do you have a, a favorite soap that you wrote for? You know, um, I love them all in different ways. Um, but I have to say Passions had a special place in my heart. I don't know uh, if you remember Passions. It's yes. gone all that long. I do. Yes. But it, um, you know, the, the, the conceit behind it was that the forces of good and evil were battling for the soul of mankind in this uh-huh. town in New England. Yeah. And there were there were you know, there were the usual there was the usual soap opera romance stuff going on. But we also had, you know, eight hundred year old witches and and um and a, a a doll that was brought to life by one of them, who was played by uh-huh. a little person and you know, it, you, you know, we had a teenage girl whose whose bedroom closet door led directly to hell. I mean, and how could you not love that? Uh-huh. <laughs> Absolutely. Wow. Uh, so the fact that you could sort of play with the genre. I mean, I, in my mind, I think the show was just a few years ahead of its time. Mm-hmm. Right. And um, you know, it 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 would kill every week in the. Uh, sort of preteen demo yeah. but it was not a demo that at the time anybody was interested in you know a few years later suddenly preteen television was everything yeah um but um but it it was it was great fun because you got to do stuff with your with your tongue firmly in your cheek and also stuff with you know you know good drama Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. So that kind of brings you into your current project, which is After Forever. Tell me about that amazing project, which we love, by the way. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Um, I'm. I am so incredibly proud of it. Um, Should be. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, you know, uh, After Forever happened. Quite frankly, I, I because. Uh, I was I, I I live in New York. Um, uh-huh. I was um, at the gym one day, which is just across the street from my my apartment, and uh, I saw this guy who was working out, and I went, "God, that's that guy Kevin Spears who was on Days uh-huh. when I wrote for it." And I knew he lived in in California, so I was like, "What's what's he doing on you know this this little gym on the Upper West Side?" Uh, but finally, I, I went. I, I went over to him and I introduced myself because writers on a lot of show, those shows, the writers and actors did not interact very much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, and in, and in addition, actually, Kevin had been on the show I think for seven or eight years. But he his character was leaving the show within weeks of me having joined it. So I, you know, we didn't we really didn't cross very much. Um, right. And. Uh, he said, "Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm briefly living in New York, but uh, this is really uh, fortuitous because I've been looking to maybe create a uh, a, a digital series, and 
maybe you and I should have uh, coffee one of these days. And I said, that sounds great. And he said, you know, my, the first thing he said is, I, you know, I'm, I, I really want to create something that's a story about gay men who are, as he put it, my uh-huh. age, 50-ish. Um, you know, and I said, that so intrigues me because gay men like women you know, in popular culture, we, we just tend to disappear from the canvas after we're no longer the hot something. Right. And, you know, and then we, we sort of come back again as, you know, my sort of running line is, as, you know, Christopher Plummer being asexual with a cat down the hall. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and, uh, and, you know, it was in, to, to show that there, you know, that, you know, people are still vibrant and have lives and, you know, and, and, uh, so we, we had a bunch of uh, a bunch of meetings, and um, he uh, he was originally suggesting something lighter and and something uh, along the lines of those, those shows about people going you know every week is another or every episode is another bad date, right? And I said you know that, that quite frankly it doesn't really interest me. I, I uh-huh. I've seen the straight version, I've seen the gay version, I've seen the 20-something version, I've mm-hmm. seen the 40-something version. Uh, but um, what would interest me, and again, this is that writer curiosity, is, well, why is somebody who's 50 dating? Why aren't they in a relationship? Right. right. Who is mm-hmm. this person? Yeah. And um, a, a few years prior to that, um, I had lost my, my partner to a really horrible cancer diagnosis. Ah. And um, it was all very quick, and it was um, pretty devastating. And uh, and you know, I said, you know, I was thinking about it, and I, you know, the next time Kevin and I met, I said, look, I've been, you know, I want to tell you a story about you know something I experienced that you don't know. Um, that I'm I'm willing to to use the kernel of at this point, um, and so explore it emotionally, you know, as a way of me continuing to work through my own grief. Uh-huh. Right. And I said, so what if, you know, what if we, what if we have, you know, this couple and one of them gets this diagnosis, which was, it was a, a nothing, there's nothing we can really do for you. Uh, we can prolong this, but we can't. Right. There's right. no hope of doing anything. And um, Richard, my partner had made the decision of I'm, um, if there's nothing you can do, then I don't want to go through that hell um, uh-huh. of, of of chemo and whatever. And um, and um, and I said, what if we, you know, have that happen? And he went, well, if you want, if you if you're willing to use that, uh, uh, that's amazing. That's so far, you know, so far deeper than whatever I, you know, was thinking of, and, you know, uh-huh. and, and imagining. But I would love to do, yeah, do that. And uh, so we started creating canvases of, of characters, and it was very important that we, it was clear that we wanted to start the series with um, what was the spoiler alert here for anybody who has not seen episode one. Just cover your ears for a second. <laughs> um, but episode one of season one, um, you don't know until the very end of the episode that uh, Jason, you know, half of the couple is dead, has died. And... Um, and I said, but if we're starting with him dead, we're, how do we, you know, we need to, we need to do, use flashback 
because we need to we need the audience to understand this relationship because they're not going to root for Brian, the remaining half of the uh, of the couple. Right. To you know, you can't have so you're not going to have them rooting for him if they don't understand what it was he had and what he lost in a very mm-hmm. specific way. Right. And so yeah. we started playing with the idea of, that we use a lot of flashback. And then um, one day uh, Kevin actually said to me, do you have, do you like still talk to Richard? And I said, Oh yeah, kind of all the time. I'll like you know, look across a room and just go, oh, God, can you believe that or whatever? Uh-huh. And, uh, and he said, well, what if we use, that and then that led to us saying, well, what if we actually, you know, bring Jason on as a character that that exists only in Brian's mind that he sort of conjures when he needs to have those conversations? And uh, so the show operates on on three levels simultaneously. There's the there's the present, there's flashback, and there's the in in Brian's mind with Jason um, and. Um, when we were first, uh, when after after it was written, and we were meeting with directors, and our director finally, um, uh, Jennifer Pepperman from the season one, mm-hmm. uh, said, uh, you know, we were saying, well, you know, do you think we should think about doing something, to, you know, with lighting, subtle lighting, or something to differentiate when we're in flashback and when he's the ghost and when he's, and. I, you know, we thought about it, and I said, you know, I think audiences are smart enough that they will figure it out, and they don't have to figure it out right away. Right. They can they can have an aha moment and go, oh my god, and you know, and then need to go back and watch every, you know, like the Sixth Sense, you know, yes, mm-hmm. like go back and and see all, think, oh wow, right, that 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 yeah. is right, uh huh, um. You know, and so that's what we chose to do, and I think it was, it was a successful choice. Um, it was, because yeah. you say that, and we did the same thing. Exactly, yes. When we first started, we were like, okay, who is this person? And that keeps popping up. Because, I mean, yeah, at first I almost thought, oh, maybe this is a third person in the relationship, so maybe it's an open relationship. <laughs> you know, yeah. And, um, and then, you know, as you had said that it was um, Brian's mind, so it's like, oh, yeah. And then it's like, oh, and then it's like, oh. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it just carried on. So good job on that because that mm-hmm. was, that that definitely Thank kept you. us going. And that was the one thing because you're like, oh, okay. The what ifs came in. Yeah. And, you know, what if something was to happen to like Willie and I, and then we moved on, you know, how would Willie or myself feel or think about newer decisions if that were to happen so i actually kind of like that oh go on no go ahead yeah i love that because because i mean one of the things that you know that that you know you know when 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 a spouse dies it's not like when you it's not like you've broken up or gotten divorced or you know right you know you've ended something it's you know it's it, it you know, you haven't fallen out of love with somebody who di- who dies. Right. <laughs> you, know? you don't. You 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 know. So um, there 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 was something I read that I incorporated in in, in a speech in season one that that um, you know that this elderly woman had written that she she had lost. I, I think she was in her early eighties, 
she had lost her first husband some years back and um and had then subsequently met some uh, you know a, a, a also widowed a widow gentleman and uh-huh. they had gotten together and they wound up married and and she said but you know i i feel like a um bigamist because i love my husband but i'm still very much in love with my first husband mm-hmm. he's just not physically here yeah and um and I, yeah, that's kind of, you know, what it, I mean, you, you need to move on, but you, you know, it, it doesn't fully go away. Right. And, uh, and so, 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 you know, and in one of the things that we also chose subtly do was in, in season one, the, uh, memories of Jason, if you, uh, they all tend to be, they tend to be idyllic with, with one exception. And they, um, and then, because, you know, that's what we do, you know, and then season two, they start being a little more real and they're not, you know, because it's about, you have to, there, there's an impulse to put people who've passed on a, on a pedestal. And then if you mythologize them, nobody else is ever going to live up to that. Yeah. So absolutely. it's really important to remember the, I, I, I found it was very important to remember the not so good things as well as the good things. Absolutely, mm-hmm. absolutely. So where do you? Because uh, Kevin had mentioned because we did talk to Kevin as well, and he right. did kind of mention that uh, you guys were already looking at a season three. What direction do you season, think you're going to go there? Season three. Season three is actually written. Um, it's actually fully written. Very um, nice. We were, we were planning on filming this summer, but um, I. Though we haven't officially said no, I, I, um, I can't imagine that there's any way that that will happen. With, right. You know, um, right. I don't think, you know, I don't think we'll have we as an industry as, and the society will have figured out yet how you do that. Um, Absolutely. In, in, in post COVID, um, so it'll probably that'll probably postpone till till fall winter whenever. Um, I mean, but it will happen. Um, right, right. And in the, um, season, season, well, season two is about um, Brian, you know, trying to have this new relationship, and um, and realizing ultimately that he's not, he hasn't fully let go, and he hasn't let go enough to to have, be really open for somebody else and right. season three is is a journey to try to get to there oh. ah. okay. an active journey to try to get there okay and, uh, so uh so that he can have you know more life and then you know one of the things that's yeah and i always feel it's important to talk about is that you know and there's i mean the series deals with death the series deals with grieving and we get tremendous fan mail from people writing that it has helped them through their process or helped them understand somebody else's process. Mm-hmm. But it's also very funny as you guys right, know. Right. I mean, there's a lot of humor in this. Like, yes. it's not just like, Oh, let's just sit here and cry for, for an episode. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and part of that, you know, is, is having the circle of friends and, um, and one of, one of the things actually as somebody, um, a friend of mine said to me after watching season two, he said, 
God, I love all those friends, but they're just suffocating him. They are. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're just. They're just with all the best intentions. They just gotta leave him alone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. Yep. Absolutely. Well, I do gotta say there are so many different elements into this uh, series. Uh, what message do you hope that the audience takes from your series? Look, we all we all we all suffer loss in some way at some point. Um, it may be it may you know maybe a spouse, it may be a, a parent, it may be a a friend, it may be a, a pet, you know. Um, and I think it's one of the things that I hope people take from it is that there is life after that loss, right? And and that um, it may not be easy; it may be a process to get there, but there is life to be lived, and um, and one honors the person who is gone by living it and mm-hmm. not by, you know, shutting themselves up. Absolutely. Um, so that's a big thing that I hope people take from it. Now, would you uh, think... And that there is humor, and that, and that even in the darkest moments, there is something to laugh about. Absolutely. Yes. And clearly it, it shows that. Uh-huh. It, it really does. Now, would you say that you would consider the characters to let's say, describe what true love really means? I think there's all sorts of versions of true love, but I think theirs is, you know, yes, I think this is their version. They truly, you know, theirs was true love. Um, uh, You know, I, I think, like beauty, it's in the eye of the beholder. You know, we, right. we, I think we individually define love in different ways, you know, and that's why we, you know, the, the idea, the ideal is to find somebody who sees it the same way you do. <laughs> right, of course, mm-hmm. of course. So what would you say to, um, I mean, it's a little bit indifferent, I guess, but what would you say to others that have problems with keeping others out of a relationship? Like, for example, like you were talking about the friends that are in there and they keep getting involved too, too much. Um, what would you say to people on how to kind of keep them out of disrupting a relationship? Okay, with the caveat, I am not a, special, a, a psychologist. I'm not a Absolutely. You know, yes, counselor of course. in any way. I, I'm a writer. <laughs> right. Um, so I, I'm not, you know, nobody sue me if it doesn't work. Um, <laughs> um, I think honesty. Absolutely. You know, I think not, 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 you know, not getting angry with them, understanding that if it's some, that, the, you know, these friends who love you are, are, they're doing what they're doing out of love. And they're also, you know, they also are grieving. I mean, that's something that we, you know, bring out, you know, even more in season two than season one. You know, yes, Brian is grieving the loss of his husband, but, but you know, these people are, other people are grieving the loss of their best friend or of their right. son or their, their, their work associate. You know, I mean, they're all grieving. They're all in pain on some level. And they're not doing anything that, that's, not helping Brian that they are doing is not out of malice. And I think that, you know, so if you're, if one is in that position, 
that to remember that and to be able to calmly and if it means waiting you know waiting some days after the whatever it is that they've done most recently to set you off right um so that you can be in a calm place to calmly say look i know you're doing this because you love me um but it's not helping me right mm-hmm. Absolutely. and um you know and i i i i appreciate the impulse but it's it's really not helping me um Absolutely. I had, you know, I, when, when, when Richard died, um, you know, I had many or several friends who said, you must be so furious that he wouldn't try to even try, you know, that he wouldn't uh-huh. even try for a miracle. Right. And I said, no, first of all, no, I'm not. And I don't appreciate you saying that to me, uh-huh. but, um, um, he was the one dying and he had to do it his way. Right. Absolutely. And I had to honor that. Even if it were just, even if there were things that I selfishly might have wished were different, you know, Mm -hmm. um, you know, but, but it's, I think it's the most personal other than being born. Dying is the most personal thing we do. And we don't get, we're not conscious about the being born part. So, you know, I, I I think we get to, you know, we should all get to do it to whatever extent we can our way and not have others try to impose what they need on it. You know, wow. you know, we, yeah. I used to joke, he gets to, he gets, to, he got to die, you know, he got to die. I get to deal with it. I get to deal with the after, you know, uh-huh. the way I want to. Wow. Absolutely. Wow. Very nice. Yeah. Very, very, very nice. So you guys have to be extremely proud of the many nominations and awards that this, yeah. this show has uh. given you. I mean, um, cheers to that. Yes. And good martini and margaritas um, on that one. <laughs> she's, yes, um, you know, just for your listeners, season, the first season um, won five Emmys, and um, nice. including Outstanding Digital drama series and outstanding writing for an outstanding act lead actor for Kevin um, and uh, well and direction and supporting actress for Aaron Cherry and uh, um, and we're I guess by the time when this airs uh, the nominations for this year will be out for season two um, we're keeping our fingers crossed but yes. it's, it's that's just been like just amazing you know it's it's and it's, it's also been amazing because you know, it's a story about a, I mean, at its heart, it's, it's the story of a, a gay male couple. Mm-hmm. Right. And yet our fan, the fan base, the demo of who is watching and, and who is writing us about it uh-huh. is, you know, it's gay, straight, it's uh, trans, it's, it's, it's young, it's old, middle-aged, it's old. And and that goes back to what we were talking about, about writing at the very beginning. Uh-huh. I think that, you know, when you write from real, you know, real emotion and real, mm-hmm. uh-huh. you know, it's, it, you know, we have evolved as a society enough that, you know, people get love, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, and they get engrossed in the story. 
and and I'm so proud of that about this series that we have, you know, that we are not a niche show. We are we are a show. Absolutely, um, absolutely, and you should be. It's very yes. it 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 and it's it's very great series, and congratulations on yeah. that. That is absolutely a phenomenal. Uh, piece of work that you, you guys have. Thank you and so much. Yes, you're so very welcome. And, you know, for us, Willie and I have been together for almost 21 years now come this month. I can't believe we're Congratulations. Yes, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yes. So, God, you don't you don't sound anywhere near old enough. Uh, <laughs> you know what? We get told that a lot. We the the biggest one that we laugh at is people at people ask us, "Wow, did you guys meet when you reached puberty?" And it's like, "No." <laughs> uh, you know, it, we met when we were 18, 19 years old, so we were legal. Uh, but um, yeah, so the story itself describes a lot about our life and even though we haven't gone through a separation or a loss it kind of helps us prepare and envision if that were to happen and say you know what we are always going to remember of each other and how we will carry it on you know forever in in our minds so i think that the the work that you guys have done speaks for itself and is very dynamic it is very relatable and very down home so it's worth every award and nomination that you mm-hmm. guys get so again cheers to and, that and, and we, we 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 stream on on prime video which is amazon yes and uh, oh and 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 we are short form so that you know our episodes are you uh, that each the two seasons that are out are there eight episodes per season and the episodes average eleven or twelve minutes each so you can you can binge the entire two seasons in less time than it takes to watch the Irishman. Absolutely, <laughs> that was the one thing that we liked too. Yes. It's like you know I love series I do, but it's really hard with our schedule sometimes yeah. to binge watch at all and. So this one was absolutely perfect because we can dedicate an entire series to two hours of our day, you know? So it's right. it's fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely fascinating. Well, Michael, thank you so much for being on our show. This has absolutely been a delight. Yes! And Thank um, you. It's been wonderful. I... I, 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 I... I look, I look forward to continuing the relationship in some way. But we do, honestly, we love the project the yes, way it is. Yes. And, you know, it it is a wonderful, wonderful project, and we completely recommend everyone to go watch it. It is worth the watch, and we're so looking forward to season three and future seasons after that. So thank you again for sharing thank you. that. So we've had Kevin on the show. Yes. Now Michael. Mm-hmm. Chemistry. I loved it. Yep, which makes a really good show, you guys. Mm-hmm. So you need to check it out. There is absolutely no excuse on why you can't. I agree with that, yes. 15-minute segments, binge-watch it, makes about a good hour, two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Go check it out on their website. AfterforeverTheSeries.com Yes, and we want to thank Michael for being on the show. Always a pleasure. Yes. We want to thank you guys for joining us week after week and for another great episode of What About Our Life with Chris and Will. Mm-hmm. We also want to thank our good friends Tony and Ginger for being on our show. Yay! 
Yes! Thank you so much for letting me be a fly on the wall. Oh, it was such a fly. Too bad I didn't have a glass of water. We had a great time. It was fun. It was fun. You mm -hmm. should have been in here. We're trying to do this, and they're just making us laugh through the entire process. <laughs> but, you know, you guys can be on our show. We've been trying to pull this off for a while. Uh -huh. All you got to do is go to our website. ChrisandWill.com. Follow us on Instagram. At Chris.Ann.Will. Yeah, we'll be posting all the information on how you can be a part of our show. It was so much fun. Mm -hmm. We love it. And, of course, we love you guys telling everybody about us mm -hmm. and coming to our show every week. Yes. We absolutely love it. But for now, you guys, we've got to go. Remember to love yourself, and the world will love you in return. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you back here next week. Bye. 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 Bye.